2: what is it today september 25th 2022 my headset's really loud i'm going to dial that down one notch one notch yes uh you're supposed to talk loud on radio but that was really really loud in my headset but welcome welcome one and all yes i know it's a broncos night but um we got more important things to do than you know watch people throwing a football around a uh a, a stadium you know much more significant in my opinion of course and Whenever we go on on a Bronco night, I mean, we just demolish their ratings. I mean, I just feel sorry for the Broncos trying to go up against Backbone Radio. It's really a bummer that they, uh, you know, I think they try to schedule around me, but, you know, sometimes they just don't control their schedule. At any rate, you're going to be invited to check in should you be one of the individuals of the elite group that tunes in to talk radio instead of other forms of entertainment, you could be looking into 303-696-1971. You are invited. One of the themes of tonight's program will be about American prison, what it's like to live in our American prison. I've been developing this theme somewhat slowly, somewhat incrementally over the years. I'm going to take the next step with it right now. And there's a quote from Ernst Younger, some sort of a European philosopher, who says this, quote, slavery can be increased significantly by giving it the appearance of freedom, End quote. And oh, I think that fellow was on to something, and he was on to our current moment we are living in, prison America, let us count the ways especially as we have this this is another theme the bureaucrats running wild in this country lawless bureaucrats unaccountable there is no buddy watching the bureaucrats of the executive branch the president can't fire them they're out there running on autopilot doing whatever the heck they want to do and now they are targeting the american people we will go through the fbi the latest from the fbi this week but you have to keep in mind that it's the American taxpayer that is paying the salaries of these bureaucrats. The bureaucrats then take the money and then turn around and target the people who are paying their salaries. They turn around and target the heartland of this country. What, what a racket, the bureaucratic racket we're talking about there. We'll go into that in a bit of detail. And I was kind of encouraged to see that looks like in Italy – We'll talk a little bit of Italy. Maybe we'll play some Italian music tonight. What do you think? But in Italy, we may have a more uh, Italian prime minister that works for the state of Italy, the country of Italy. And the European Union, globalists, are getting very concerned that, oh, no, oh, no, something's going on in Italy where they might actually elect somebody that the people want in Italy. And, um, hmm, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk a little bit about the Italian election. I haven't seen the formal results yet, but it looks like um, looks like we're heading in that direction. Giorgia Maloney, 45-year-old Italian politician who is pro-Italy, anti-EU, anti-globalism, looks poised to win. And I'll tell you what, that is the story of Western civilization right now, that the globalists, that small few Freak bunch of globalists on top with all the money and the resources are lording it over the masses. The masses don't like it. The masses want to retain their national identities, their national histories. They don't want to go green with everything. They're not quite ready to take all of those steps. They're not quite ready to eat the bugs. And, um, boy, the globalists on top, they're vicious. They crack down. But uh, progress in Italy. See, the globalists stay in power until they don't until at some point it starts to crack for them. And you're seeing all these cracks here and there, here and there, the cracks, the cracks. And then the people on top, the tyrants on top, crack down. But at some point it's not going to work as well for them, and we'll go through all of that. You're seeing Joe Biden, you know, talk about, oh, political violence, political violence, you got to fight back against those MAGA Republicans, those extreme Republicans. And I've been detailing how the heartland of this country, MAGA are the moderates, and the globalist elite Biden ruling class Democrats and Rhinos are the extreme ones. I've detailed all of the reasons why and the policy issues very concretely. But a uh a young eighteen year old Republican MAGA guy gets killed. Gets killed right after Joe Biden says you gotta fight these MAGA Republicans and up in North Dakota, some Democrat runs over an 18-year-old MAGA supporter, Kaler Ellington, and I'll tell you, that's that's pretty darn typical, is it not? Pretty darn typical. We'll go through that. What happened there? How can the media's not covering that one? Yeah. Now, I think you know why. I think you know the double standard. Trump held a rally in Wilmington, North Carolina. Last night, or was it two nights ago? I've got a few clips from that we'll play. He talks about Kaler Ellington, among other things. Standing up for parental rights as the extreme left Democrats sick the FBI on parents who attend school board meetings and parents who are not into the strange sexuality grooming techniques of the left you're seeing in schools all across this country. Talk about Biden's 60-minute interview. He talks about how, yeah... Yeah, he's not getting old. He's doing really well. The proof is in the pudding. Watch him. Pudding? Pudding, huh? That's not a good choice of words. A tapioca pudding? Is that what they feed Biden when he's in the basement in Delaware, where he spent quite a bit of his presidency as he spent almost all of his campaign? (laughs) And about inflation, Joe Biden says, well, it could be worse. Yeah, it could be worse. Yeah, it's really kind of... It's not great, but it, it... could be worse. Okay, Joe Biden, uh, Jen Saki, and the Democrats are realizing that, that if, this, uh, if this election is a referendum on Joe Biden, they're going to lose. So they're trying to find ways to not make this election about Joe Biden. They're trying to make it about something else. And of course, that's where all their extreme rhetoric comes from, trying to demonize people who disagree with them, demonize dissent. If you're a Republican, if you're a MAGA Republican, oh my gosh, well, You're basically a criminal. You're basically a terrorist. That's what they're trying to make this 2022 midterm election about. And I, you know, we can see through it all around here, but it's good to keep pointing it out. Fentanyl, fentanyl, that's always on our minds. And you hear that a lot. Stephen Tubbs doing some great work on the fentanyl crisis we have in America. Joe O'Day went on Fox News and talked about fentanyl a little bit. Open borders, closed borders, the open border the elites want. How much fentanyl is coming in? And that ties into that ties into the the left is saying that, oh my gosh, Hispanic voters are voting Republican more. Hispanic voters are leaving the Democratic Party. They're going to be voting Republican more. Why would they be voting against their self-interest? And you start thinking. Ah, oh, that's the ladies of the view. That's that's the view. That's the Democrats. They think that if you vote Republican, you're voting against your self-interest. But we'll we'll talk about uh, what self-interest actually is. And do you think fentanyl is in the self-interest? Self-interest of the uh, of the Hispanic voting population in this country. Do you think think the wide-open border is in their self-interest? Do you think higher-cost groceries and gas and utilities is in the self-interest of? the Hispanic community, the United States of America? Oh, I don't think so. I, I definitely think not. We'll talk about that. And also might go into a little bit why sometimes I think the Amish are are quite a bit superior to your typical American because they're not propagandizable. They don't have television sets. And I found this great report on how the Amish got through COVID. Cheryl Atkinson's report on that. And I kind of think, Ah oh, the Amish, they've got a few things figured out. Do the Amish. We'll bring that into the program as time goes on. It's Matt Dunn. It's Backbone Radio. Stay close with us this evening. 303-696-1971. All in the name of Liberty sings. Is it Bon Scott? Bon Scott was the guy. Bon something. ACDC. guess they were born in New York City, but somehow ended up down in Australia. And it always is amusing to me that ACDC, kind of those hard-rockin' Screamer guys, come out of Australia the same time that the Bee Gees came out of Australia. The Bee Gees, contrast the Bee Gees kind of music, kind of singing style. You know, falsetto gentlemen singing in their white suits. While ACDC, you know, rocking it out, just screaming it out, heavy metal. I guess that's precursor to heavy metal music. But jailbreak, all in the name of liberty. I don't like this. The whole Biden effort to criminalize dissent, criminalize any political opposition. If you disagree with Joe Biden, you're worse than a terrorist. You're worse than bin Laden. You're worse than the perpetrators of 9 11. And um, my gosh, you know, it's kind of getting serious, folks, and you wonder how long how long that dissent will be allowed at all in the United States of America. And I'll just say this, as long as it is, I'll be showing up for duty. I'll be showing up in the name of liberty, and that is my plan, ladies and gentlemen. But um, that tells you, in, in a sense, how desperate they are to go to that level but also it tells you how powerful they are in the sense that they feel like they can get away with this undubitably fascist stasi kind of stuff now joe biden uh you know if if you start looking at you know if you reference the economy right now what a disaster you guys see the stock market this week Man, is it just plunging again. It's just another terrible week in the stock market. When, uh, when Trump, let's see, where's my stat? Where's my stat on this? Let's just look at the NASDAQ, one of the key branches of the stock market. Joe Biden is basically right now at 612 days in office. And the NASDAQ market has gone down 19.24%. Gone down over 19%. President Trump, when he got into office, first 612 days, NASDAQ was up 44.17%. So if you subtract those differentials, that's a 60 percentage point difference. Trump up stock market 44%. Biden down stock market 19%. Make that, uh, that's a 64% difference. I should be better at math on the fly, live math. <laughs> and um, can you can you even imagine that differential right there? But, uh, you know, Joe Biden, he goes on 60 Minutes, and he talks about how, you know, hey, the proof's in the pudding, man, pudding. He used the pudding reference, and uh, that's, that's most unfortunate. We'll get to that one in a second. But, hey, inflation, it could be worse. It could be worse, says Joe Biden. Why don't we – oh, by the way, I should – I should probably play this one first from uh, from good old Donald Trump. He said this in the 2020 election campaign. He said, hey, stocks are going to crash if Biden gets elected. And if Trump is elected, stocks are just going to keep on going up like they did throughout Trump's term in office ter- well, the exception of that little covid for shutdown from fauci and the fascists you know but here's here's trump saying it in 2020 gonna move uh, on me, when mr president i have to move quick. on to
3: the next question they said the stock market will boom
2: if i'm elected if he's elected the stock market will crash
1: okay let's so move on, on to the next segment. question yeah, very
2: quickly yeah, well that's another thing good old trump got right that uh, the stock market will crash if biden gets elected and here we are watching this determined and ever-hardening bear stock market. The bear has come back after the glory days under Donald Trump. And it's just, isn't it a bummer? But, you know, as, uh, as checkbook economics look worse and worse, household expenses rising $961 a month, which means $11,532 a year. Incomes remaining flat or maybe technically going down because of the grievous inflation. But Joe Biden says, oh, it could be worse. Eh, It could be worse. That's what he tells 60 Minutes. Let's hear him say it. Mr. President, as you know, last Tuesday, the annual
4: inflation rate came in at 8.3%. The stock market nosedived. People are shocked. By their grocery bills, what can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Inflation rate month to month was just uh, 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 just an inch, hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it's good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not. Maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2 percent. It's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got that guess what we are we're in a position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked it has just barely it's been basically even
2: um yeah remember back when joe biden said that uh, oh there is no inflation there is no inflation then they said oh well there is inflation but it's temporary inflation and they said well okay this temp- this temporary inflation is actually going to stick around a while longer than we thought but it's okay because we can afford it the good news is we can afford it there Evolving explanations of inflation, of uh, you know, it's it was almost laughable if it wasn't so serious. In that um, we're paying 18.7 percent more just to maintain our current standard of living, and that uh, is data from the Consumer Expenditure Survey. And from the Consumer Price Index from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, we're paying two hundred and nine dollars more on gasoline, seventy dollars more a month on household utilities. This is all monthly. hundred and twenty more dollars a month for shelter, hundred and one dollars more for groceries. Um, what a mess. And so I think that's why. Jen Psaki is quite aware of this little point right here.
5: If it is a referendum on the president, they will lose, and they know that.
2: Yeah, Democrats know if it's a referendum on Joe Biden, they will lose. So watch, uh, you know, they're so afraid of losing power. Power is a very serious matter to Biden, the Democrats, the rhinos, and the ruling class. So how tight will they turn the screws on this country? How much will they criminalize their political opposition? Somehow, some of the Democrats seem to like that. They go along with it. The rhinos seem to like that and go along with it. Not a good omen. Not the best sides of human nature being reflected there. But Joe Biden, on the proof is in the pudding. 60 he Minutes says, hey, you're kind of getting old. Do you think you're getting old? He says, hey, watch me, dude. Watch me. Mr. President you are the oldest
4: president ever pretty good shape huh which leads to my next question you are more aware of this than anyone some people ask whether you are fit for the job I do and when you hear that yeah I do I wonder what you think watch me we are I mean, honest to God that's all I think watch me saw so you crash do you your think bike you have the energy level of the acuity then then, you know, so you fall up the thing.
2: stairs of Air Force
4: that's One. another thing of just watching and, you know, keep my schedule. Do what I'm doing. I, I think
2: that vacation uh, schedule. You know,
4: uh, I don't, when I sit down with our NATO allies and keep them together, I don't have them saying, wait a minute, well, how, how, what, what did you say? You know, I mean, it's a matter of, you know, that old expression the proof of the pudding is in the eating. I mean,
2: uh, should I pause it there? <laughs> the proof of the pudding is in the eating. The pudding. Yeah, that's the image, that's the metaphor that Joe Biden went with right there. And I think, is it tapioca pudding? What kind of pudding does Biden get on his vacation days, his many, many vacation days? He hasn't had time to go to the border since he's too busy, but what was it, like 141 vacation days or something so far? Into his term? Talking about pudding? and Yeah, I think, I think... I think he's a tapioca guy. That's 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 what I think. They and somebody spoons it to him down in the basement in Delaware on vacation. Tapioca, Joe, have a little more. Sweet Home Alabama, right there from Leonard Skynyrd. One of the all time, all time great songs in American classic rock, right there. And does it not just kind of make you feel good to hear that number? I remember learning how to figure that one out when I was a guitar player back in middle school. Still am a bit of a guitar player. Maybe Jimmy Singenberger and I should get together and hang out, and I could teach him a few things about how to play, like, you know, good music and stuff. And if that is if he's open-minded enough to, uh, (laughs) to go there. At any rate, yeah, best bumper music in town right here, in spite of what Jimmy Singenberger might claim to the contrary. Had to text the studio, Tapioca Joe, I like it. And hey, I like that too, Tapioca Joe. Maybe that's what we'll call this this hour's podcast headline when I write my little podcast headers after the show, Tapioca Joe. And Joe said, watch me, watch me, you know, watch me. Look how I'm in, I'm in great shape. Yeah, I'm the oldest president ever, but I'm in great shape. Watch me. And yeah, I remember watching his bike crash. Media kind of tried to avoid reporting on that remember watching Joe Biden fall flat on his face, climbing up the steps to Air Force One. remember watching Joe Biden lost in the bushes outside the White House. Remember that one? The Secret Service was pointing him to go this direction, but he walked right by the guy and was like cluelessly wandering around the premises. And how many times has he come on to give a speech? And he's like, where am I supposed to be? Where am I? Where am I? Or then when he finishes a little speech, a little speech. Then he seems to, like, not know where he is or where to go, and he kind of stands. There was another one of those this week. I'd love to be able to play those, but it's radio, so those don't have a vocal component. You just have this sort of sort of glassy-eyed, clueless individual, leader of the free world, standing there on a stage not knowing who he is, where he is, where he is going. Yeah, and, you know, we watch his verbal stumbles. You know the thing? You know the thing? We have, like, life, liberty, and the thing. That's the guy. (laughs) That is the guy. And there was another really weird one from Joe Biden this week. and He says, I was 30 and she was 12. I was 30 and she was 12. Joe Biden, really strange one here. Of course, this should be a national story, but you got to tune in around here to get these kind of things. Tucker Carlson did a good riff on biden's latest really bizarre gaff you know showers with his showers with his daughter what what the heck was that the ashley biden diaries that the fbi is so zealous to arrest people for never let see the light of day of course if if it was vice versa under trump they would like raid his home to get the diaries and then leak them out to the washington post of course you see the era we are living in but yeah uh biden was 30 and she was 12. it will be interesting to know
1: Unfortunately, when he spoke in Washington today, he didn't really tell us. Instead, he got, as he often does, sidetracked and went off about some relationship he had with a 12-year-old girl. Watch this. you
4: got to say hi to me. We go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30,
1: but anyway.
2: Funny. It's
1: hilarious. We go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30. Anyway... What? What was Joe Biden talking about? Who was he talking about? What exactly was he describing? It sounded like a late-life confession. We don't know, actually, for once the White House is not clarifying what Joe Biden said. They're just walking away slowly. And the New York Times is never going to get to the bottom of it, obviously, not just because they're Democratic partisans, which they are, but because, like everybody else, they don't take Joe Biden very seriously when he talks. Whatever Biden's other talents may be, shelling for credit card companies or having Michael Jackson-level plastic surgery or showering with his daughter, he has a lot of trouble talking. He's not good at that. He rambles. He doesn't finish his thoughts, such as they are. He makes bizarre unexclaimed claims like the one you just heard. Joe Biden,
2: again, whatever you say about him is not an articulate man. No, and he says, watch me. And so we watch him and we listen to him. And I don't know. Remember back in the day, Gary Hart? Remember that? What year was that? 88? I think that was 1988. He was running for president when the whole monkey business thing came up. Our Colorado senator, who um, I've met several times, you know, decent enough guy. I have to say it about Gary Hart, decent guy. But um, I even read some of his books and talked about him on the radio around here. And I think he's back to the old-style liberal that actually had a few things that were uh, worthwhile, not like the hostile maniac extremist left you see in charge today. But Gary Hart said, yeah, watch me, follow me, follow me, I'm squeaky clean, follow me. And so they followed him right to the monkey business ship with uh, Donna Rice. That was sort of what popped into my head when I saw that Joe Biden in between spoonfuls of tapioca was saying, uh, yeah, watch me, I'm... I'm doing pretty well, huh? Huh? <laughs> I tell you, you just have to laugh. And Jen Psaki, Jen Psaki, remember her? The uh, very nervous and twitchy press secretary for the first, what, nine months of Joe Biden's presidency? Was it the first year almost? Who got up there and lied and shilled for Biden every day. Finally, she found it was uh, just too much of a burden she had to check out. But she, she She knows this about... This upcoming midterm election it
5: is a referendum on the president. They will lose. And they know that
2: Mm -hmm. if it's a midterm about Joe Biden, they will lose. And again, Joe Biden is putting on a clinic. He is producing evidence by the day about how much better at being president. Trump was and still should be. than Joe Biden is. And that's on only two things, domestic policy and foreign policy maybe 3 economic policy if you want to separate that this is the best advertisement ever for the prior the prior president and that's that's the deal here but i've invested a lot in propaganda against trump so i don't know are they trying to pull him into this and motivate some of their base on this yeah but let's hear a little fuller jen saki explaining why Democrats might just be in trouble in this midterm. By the way, the poll data Washington Post has one come out and uh, have it in my stack. I won't, but I know what it is. Republicans are up five points in the generic ballot against likely vo- with with likely voters. Okay. One thing you got to keep in mind is when you have all voters, like all voters, all registered voters, that poll data is skewed in favor of the Democrats or whatever the polling company wants to do. And so is the likely voter stuff. But yet if they do likely voter stuff, um, it's maybe a little bit more accurate. And Washington Post comes down and says that uh, Republicans are up five generic, meaning you ask. The question of a voter and you say, would you tend to vote more Republican or more Democrat in this cycle? And they'll say one or the other. And Republicans are up five. But let's hear Saki tell it right here.
5: Uh, Look, I think that Democrats, if the election is about uh, who is the most extreme, um, as we saw you know, Kevin McCarthy touch on there with Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'll say her name, sitting over his left side, then they're going to win. If it is a referendum on the president, they will lose. And they know that. They also know that crime is a huge vulnerability for Democrats. I would say one of the biggest vulnerabilities. And if you look at Pennsylvania, for example, what's been interesting to me is it's always you follow the money and where are people spending money. And in Pennsylvania, the Republicans have been spending millions of dollars on the air on crime ads against Fetterman because that's where they see his vulnerability. So, yes, the economy is hanging over everything, but you do have to look at state-by-state factors, and crime is a huge issue in the Pennsylvania race.
2: Yeah, crime, crime, among other things. And Saki says that, you know, what we need to have this be about is extreme extremism. And that's the full on propaganda sequence cycle echo chamber to make the heartland of this country seem extreme. When, of course, it is the rhinos and it is the Biden Democrats ruling class that are the extreme ones on their extreme Ukraine war policy on their extreme weird pull out of Afghanistan, leaving the Taliban billions of dollars of weaponry, their extreme green agenda chucking our economy into inflation, if not maybe even a bordering on hyperinflation, and go down the list, such as, you know, the sexualizing of children and the rest of it. I've done some shows on that of late. So they're basically they're just trying to propagandize against reality. How far will they get on that? And by the way, on the crime matter, you've been hearing this, that Colorado is now Number One in auto theft per capita, number one somehow we got there to number one we are a we're a blue state we've got all democrat rule, and crime is skyrocketing. This is one thing I talked to a lot of friends and associates and people I know who um work downtown and you know we trade stories, swap stories they said, yeah, one of my uh One of my subcontractors got his car stolen. Another one got his car stolen. Another one got all of his stuff taken out of his car. You're constantly hearing about crime in the Denver metro area, constantly. It's bad. It's bad, folks, and uh, that's under the Democrat rule. Want to continue that? Is that how we want to live our lives? In the shadow of constant, ever-increasing crime and lawlessness? Yeah, that's where... The defund the police. Remember that? That was a Democrat idea, and now they're backing off on that one. Yeah, a little Italian music there in honor of the Italian election for PM that is supposed to be happening today. And I guess I need to dig up the data. I haven't seen it pop in yet, but will the Italian... Italian Victor be the anti-globalist 45-year-old candidate Georgia Maldoni? What's her last name? It's uh, one of those uh, uh, something. I'll get that for my segment on that. Um, Georgia Maloney. Will she win? We've got more Italian music coming up just because, uh, you know, solidarity with the people in Italy who don't want to live in the European Union prison, the globalist prison. More prison themes coming up. That was Eros Ramazzotti and Anastasia bringing us back in. Regarding the midterm elections, you know, with things going so bad, all indicators going so badly, Bloomberg has a headline, gee, maybe housing was in a bubble after all, as the stock market, again, pointing straight south, and all economic indicators pointing straight south in the wrong direction into the red in the Biden era. And CNN, even Steve Kornacki has to come out and say, well, yeah, looks like more voters two to one think that Biden is hurting the economy more than helping the economy. Tell you what, I mean, we are poised to have a red wave this fall. All we need is enough election integrity, and there will be a red wave. And voters have to be able to not let the PSYOPs, the polling PSYOPs, and the other forms of PSYOP get in our heads and stop us from actually getting our votes in, okay? Don't listen to anything they say. Just vote. My advice is vote straight-ticket Republican. There might be a few rhinos that maybe you sit out on, but eh, let's just see. We'll get closer, and we'll make some determinations on that. But over at CNN, yeah, Steve Kornacki brings this up. Um, where is that one? Um, I've got it hidden somewhere right here. Let's hear what yeah, CNN is saying about midterm prospects right now.
3: Issues Are the Democrats strongest on? Well, you see them right here. And I think the most interesting one is abortion. Since that Supreme Court ruling a couple months ago, this issue has rocketed to the top of the list for Democrats. uh, Some evidence here. I think it's motivated their voters. Probably one of the reasons why the polling has gotten close. And we're showing this even generic ballot. Uh, Of course, what hovers all over all of this, though, is, again, the economy. It saw the Republican advantage on the economy. And when you ask this question about Joe Biden, the effect his policies have had in the economy, a two to one margin, folks saying it's more hurt the economy than help the economy. So ultimately, what the Republicans hope here is you know, abortions taken center stage this summer. Donald Trump, uh, his numbers aren't very good in this poll. He took center stage this summer, this summer, and this summer has seen that generic ballot get tighter and draw even in our poll. What Republicans hope is that ultimately between now and Election Day, it's the economy that reemerges at the fore. It's inflation. It's uh, it's voter perceptions like this that could bring things back in the Republican direction. We'll see. Democrats have made this even. They've created suspense we didn't necessarily think was going to be there. Now, will that suspense last clear through Election Day? It's the big question.
2: There we go. That's what CNN is saying about the midterms. And, of course, they're going to bring in the, the plus for Democrats is the abortion issue they are saying. So they are saying, I see data that says, that it's actually not that clear cut. But I think what you're going to see the Democrats do is try to say, well, yeah, things are getting tight because of the abortion issue. Yeah, Democrats are motivated for the abortion issue, even if it's not true. They're going to say it to try to make it like a self-fulfilling prophecy, if that makes sense. So we will see. I don't think it's quite as clear cut as what they said there. And the thing about, oh, Trump, is he's bad in the polls. The court didn't really say what, Um, but remember that Trump is the guy that brought out more Hispanic voters, African-American voters, women voters to vote Republican than any other Republican in history. As the People's Pundit Rich Barris says, when Trump is not around, when Trump is not on a ticket, it gets harder for Republican Party, the Republican Party to bring out and motivate its voters to vote. So keep that in mind. But the takeaway on that one is, is that by two to one, voters say in that poll to the extent that you would believe any of it on CNN but they're saying that uh, people believe Biden has hurt the economy rather than helped the economy 2 to 1 now that is a dramatic deal and there's a little bit more to that clip that talks about yeah crime democrats are under on crime dramatically they are really losing it on crime and I'll tell you why you look around you And you hear in Colorado the anecdotes about crime, your friends, your neighbors, things you're seeing, things you're feeling, things you are sensing. Can't you feel it in the air? Let's not keep living that way, folks. And that's what the Democrats have wrought. That is all on the Democrats. That is all on them nationally and locally. Okay, that cannot continue. That ought to be enough motivation to get us out there and doing it. And so keep our heads down and vote no matter what. And I got a kick out of this little clip here. Um, Carrie Lake is running for governor in Arizona. Boy, they have great candidates down there in Arizona. Blake Masters and Carrie Lake. They're really going for it. Carrie Lake has opened up a big old lead against her opponent, Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs refusing to debate Carrie Lake. (laughs) Why are the Democrats all refusing to debate? Fetterman in Pennsylvania refusing to debate. Yeah, the Democrats just don't want to debate. They just want to let... The mainstream media state-run propaganda run their campaigns for them and they're probably such bad debaters it probably makes sense to them you know they feel like they will only harm themselves if they expose themselves to the voters if they get uh, you know actually before them and talk to the voters rather than like the controlled fundraiser type environments and they won't do hostile interviews which is what Republicans have to do all the time if they do any interviews at all anyway um, Liz Cheney who just got finished losing in Wyoming by 38 points (laughs) She came out and she said she's going to work really hard to not let Carrie Lake win in Arizona. Republican Liz Cheney, she's actually a Democrat, yeah? And she's a a Republican who loses so bigly, like the second biggest primary loss in Republican history going back 60 years is Liz Cheney. That's on her. Anyway, Carrie Lake, very, very good um, verbally- She's really skilled at what she's doing, and she is America first all the way, as far as I can tell. And she doesn't need to be too concerned about Liz Cheney coming after
3: her.
1: I want to point out what Liz Cheney uh, has said about you when speaking at this Texas Tribune uh, conference yesterday. She says, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure Carrie Lake is not elected. Uh, Your reaction... (laughs) (laughs)
5: That might be the biggest, best gift I've ever received. I mean, the people of Wyoming can't stand her. I'm I'm pretty much sure that the people of Arizona don't like Liz Cheney. Uh, You know, here's the deal, Maria. The Republican Party, the new Republican Party, is the party of we the people. It is no longer the party of warmongers. And so Liz Cheney probably should change her voter registration. Turns out she really is a Democrat after all.
2: Yeah, Carrie Lake, I think bringing it home on that one. And though we're up in Colorado, we send our best wishes to America First Carrie Lake and America First Blake Masters running for the Senate, Carrie Lake running for governor. And um, you know, Liz Cheney, I mean, what a gift. Liz Cheney is so thoroughly despised that when she comes out and uh, comes out against somebody like Carrie Lake. It only helps Carrie Lake. It only gives Carrie Lake the kind of uh, opportunity to go out and publicize this on Maria Bartiromo this morning. It's just, a, it's just like, you know, setting up a golf ball on a tee and just saying, okay, Carrie Lake hit this one, you know, down into the fairway about 300 yards, and which she, of course, just did Liz Cheney, yeah, she's not ruling out running for president after her 38 point defeat in Wyoming, which, by the way, if she wouldn't have recruited Democrats to vote, it would have been like a uh, 44 point defeat in Wyoming. But she paid all this establishment money to get Democrats to vote for her and switch parties and all that, you know. Anyway, you got to just laugh at it all. And we're rolling. It'll be all right.